Welcome to Pilates 101, the podcast where we bring you the latest and most up-to-date information on anything and everything to do with the Pilates industry to help you build your dreams and your businesses right now. Welcome to you all. My name is Glenn Withers. I'm one of the founders of APPI. On behalf of my fellow founder, Elisa Withers, and all the team at APPI, we are delighted that you are joining us once again. We have a great episode ahead for you. The feature of the episode today is a chat and an investigation of how Pilates works within the neurological population. So we'll be talking to master's level physiotherapist and Pilates teacher and educator Joanne Pritchard, who helped us develop the Pilates for Neuro program that we offer to talk about her experience of bringing Pilates to neurological conditions such as stroke, multiple sclerosis and Parkinson's disease. So it's a, it's a great chat with Joe, and we will get to that uh, shortly. Let me firstly just send a shout out to all of our family and friends in India right now. Um, APPI has been delivering programs in India for the last few years. We have a fantastic partner there in Maushami who runs a fantastic Pilates, multiple Pilates studios and delivers our education with enormous zest and energy and commitment. And from all of us here at the APPI family here in the UK, um, I just want to give a shout out to to you, Maushami, to all of our APPI family in India and to all of those people in India who are facing some um, truly, truly horrific and terrifying situations at the moment. Um, I want to get that out there right at the top of the episode. We're all thinking of you um, from all of us around the world. Well, let's move on to what we're here to talk to you about, and that is Pilates and APPI and what we have to offer you within the industry and across the industry as well. So it is May in 2021, and May 2021 is Members Month for us. So for those of you that are APPI members, there's great offers and discounts out there for you, so please make the most of those. It's a month where we show how much we value your support and how much we value you as members as we continue to evolve the membership program and the content and the offerings and everything that we have for you there. So make the most of of those offers. If you're not a member with us yet, And you'd like to join us, we have various member um, options for you guys. So uh, get onto the website at appihealthgroup.com. Have a look over the Members members Month offers that are there and the various member programs that would be great. Now, I, I can't go past the big news that we've had out there this past month, which is the launch of our APPI Pilates TV. So Pilates TV is something we've been working on for years And we've been filming um, nonstop probably for the last six months or so. And we continue to film every week with more and more content. And it's bringing Pilates classes to you there at home. And it's designed for you as teachers and members of the community to get inspiration and ideas for you guys to take class because those teachers out there, we are so guilty of not taking class ourselves. So we've got our master trainers, from around the world delivering programs for you. We've got my fellow founder, Elisa Withers, delivering a fantastic array of classes on there. And we have classes coming on um, every month. We'll have at least 10 hours of new content coming on every month. Um, But we have an enormous sort of array of content being filmed and in the can, so to speak. So it really is a great resource for you guys. Um, For your families out there, if they'd like to, to join us, we have 
beginner level classes on there as well, all the way through to more advanced classes using props, machines, reformers, and there'll be some chair classes coming on in time, uh, a huge offering. So we're very proud of it. We're happy that over 300 of you have already subscribed just in the few weeks that we've had it going. And the feedback we've had so far is really, really great. So thank you all for your support on that one. Um, But let's get on to uh, some pressing sort of issues here. We are back open um, to a degree, as many of you know, here in the UK. Um, We're weeks away from hopefully getting the green light to open classes again. So I'm really looking forward to getting that real buzz back into the studios. I hope you and the studio owners out there have started to see an increase in your clientele with one-to-one sessions now allowed here in the UK. And from what I understand, in Australia, things are going from strength to strength there, so that's great. Uh, details from the US suggest that the Pilates services there are continuing to sort of reshape and reform, which is great as well. I know Europe is facing hardships at the moment right across Europe, so our thoughts are with those countries in Europe that are still not quite there. And um, for many of you, it's still a case of online offerings. But fingers crossed, we will welcome our valued clients back into our studios here in the UK, at least over the next coming weeks. I'm certainly looking forward to it. We've just put the finishing touches on what feels like our 10th or 12th new class schedule that we've done over the last year. Um, And I can't say it's an easy process, but I know we're all in the same boat. So um, wishing all of you all the very best to get your classes back up and running again. Um, Insurance wise, guys, just we've had a few questions into the Institute about insurance. Um, Those of you that are are challenging the Hiscox ruling here in the UK, just make sure you register your claims. You have to register it directly um, with Hiscox or your other relevant insurers but make sure you get on that platform, put in your application, and then continue to follow that up. Um, I've been speaking with Baylands, our insurance partner, and it really is a case that you've got to just keep following and following. The High Court judgment is there. We're hopeful for the appropriate processes to be um, followed, but um, it is a case, guys, that we have to be very um, proactive in this. Don't sit back and wait, um, because I think that's what they're, uh, they're hoping we will do. So get out there, um, put your case forward, follow the appropriate processes. And um, if you are working through Baylands or other insurance brokers, do use them for advice and support as well as we continue to try and get some of the support that um, was sadly lacking initially. So neurological Pilates, let's have a chat about it. Um, Pilates as a form of exercise has in a way been steeped in rehabilitation, hasn't it? Joe was working with people that were not functioning at their peak in those hospitals all the way back in the prisoner of war days, and it continued to evolve and evolve. Now, for us here at APPI, um, coming from an Australian-based physiotherapy qualification, um, there's sort of two schools of thought, if you like, in relation to neurological rehabilitation. What was the car and method motor relearning approach, or more of the bow bath facilitated movement approach. And both have really strong outcomings and guidance within them. Um, For us in Australia, we were trained more in the Karen Shepherd motor relearning approach. And it's that approach 
that is the basis of the step-by-step method that APPI is known for today, where we took the original Pilates exercise and we broke it down into its part movements with a goal of linking it back into whatever the functional task of the client is. And that's how, for example, with our one leg stretch exercise, we have five to six different levels based on how we use that exercise to rehabilitate somebody's motion of walking. And it comes from that very early Car and Shepherd motory learning approach of how you train somebody post-stroke. Now, we've had many questions into the Institute about how it works with neurological Pilates. And so many years ago, we um, initially partnered with uh, um, some great physios from the neurological department at one of the London hospitals. Um, And then we progressed that on with partnering with Joanne Pritchard, who's our guest today, um, who comes from a master's level physiotherapy background in neuro rehab and trained through us at APPI and then sort of evolved and took that on to a much more focused neuro offering that uh, she will talk about. And we now have Kate Bull, who's taken that on to another level and is delivering our neuro Pilates course at the moment. So we do get a lot of questions about how does Pilates work in neurological rehabilitation. So I thought the best person to speak to about this is Jo Pritchard herself. So without uh, any further waiting, let's head over to the interview with Jo and I will see you guys on the other side. Hey guys, well, welcome to the uh, special guest part of this month's podcast. I'm welcoming today a colleague of ours, a presenter for us at APPI, uh, a lady named Jo Pritchard. Jo uh, has been instrumental in sort of linking neurology and Pilates for us at APPI and has gone on to do some really cool things through her, her own clinic, Physio Pilates Retford. Um, but first of all, Joe, welcome to the Pilates 101 podcast. How are you this evening? I'm really good, thanks, Glenn. Ah, very good, very good. Well, I appreciate your time. Um, those of you listening to this, uh, Joe and I are doing this uh, somewhat late in the, in the evening, so I do appreciate your time, Joe. You've got a great story to tell to us. Um, and so let, let, let's start at the beginning. Let me sort of go back and do that you know, sort of 30-second, well, a little bit longer to be fair, but, you know, the elevator pitch type summary of... of your career, where you trained, what the sort of early days were like, where you were working, and then how you sort of moved across to where you are now. Okay, so um, I studied at the Robert Gordon University in Aberdeen, graduated from there a little over 20 years ago, and started working in Aberdeen, and spent a couple of years there before we moved into South Wales with my husband's work. So I must have been down, I was down there for about 11 years, and I'd worked in the NHS for 13 years in total before we moved to Redford, where we are now, again, with his work. Okay, um, okay. I specialised in neurology back in 2003, and then went on to do a master's degree at Cardiff University on neurology for adults, which was fantastic. Yeah. Um, when we moved where we are now, there, unfortunately, it was a time that there weren't many, many NHS jobs available. So I, I did start up the Pilates with the intention of one evening a week as a bit of a hobby, just to, uh-huh. to keep things picking over until a, a job became available. But the NHS job didn't become available and the Pilates absolutely rocketed. And within four months, I was running five classes a week. Oh, brilliant. Um, so I decided to do a little bit of um, neuro, neurophysio um, in the private sector as well. And then my clinic just kind of organically grew from there. 
Wow. Well, this is an this is an interesting story because again, a lot of people listening will have sort of been in the the NHS role, doing a, a couple of classes, maybe outside, not necessarily in neuro, obviously. Um, but just touch on before we get on to the the sort of neuro side of this. Tell me about that transition for you from being sort of thinking about going to an NHS post to actually starting your own clinic. Because, I mean, you've got a very successful clinic now, and, and I know it's not an easy process to get there, but what, what was that like? What made you make the leap like that? I think because when we moved, there virtually wasn't any NHS jobs available. Um, as I say, I started at the Pilates classes just the, the one evening a week. And I was I was enjoying it, so I just I just expanded from there. Um, I think it started off quite well because when we moved, my daughter was only two, so it started off small and just gradually yeah. grew, and it seemed to tie in perfectly with as she was growing and doing more hours at school. I then had more hours for work, and it's just mm-hmm. gradually growing. Okay. And we've got six of us now, I think, at the clinic teaching Pilates classes, physiotherapy. We've got an occupational therapist working with us now too. Wow, that's great. And correct me if I'm wrong here, but did you did you move premises not that long ago? Did you move into a bigger place or expand what you had or something? I remember no, having a we conversation. Were, we, were due, we, were due, we were due to move to a bigger place, but it all fell through. Oh. Um, probably, quite fortunately, because we would have been due to move in about two weeks after the first lockdown started. <laughs> okay, so that's a good thing. <laughs> that's right, probably very fortunate. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Okay. All right. That that that's a good way for something to fall through. I, I I'm happy with that for you. Um, all right. Um. Well, well, tell me about the sort of how you found Pilates and how that came about for you. In terms, of obviously, you were looking more in the physio role. How did you find Pilates and how did that come into your sort of time? I started practicing Pilates myself about four years before I started to train it, and um. So I was going maybe two or three times a week at the gym. And I absolutely loved it. I think it made a huge difference for me personally. Um, a lot of people won't be aware, but I actually had a, a stroke at the age of 22. Oh, wow. And although mainly speech problems I had, speech reading and writing, there were some underlying core you know, like weaknesses in the trunk. And I was getting recurrent back pain, neck pain, lots of problems with balance. So I started Pilates, and it made such a difference to my posture. I had to change the car mirrors after my very first class. <laughs> I was converting quite quickly as to just what a difference Pilates could make. And I was like, you know, within six months, the back problems, I hardly get any back problems now. You know, I'm talking maybe once every two years, but it used to be like every other month. Wow. Um, so it made a huge difference for me. And it happened to be just after I went back to work after maternity leave with my second child that there was an APPI Pilates course coming up in Newport, which was very close to where I was living at the time. So I thought, I'll, I'll go on that course okay. <laughs> for, my C- for CPD, for the you know, HCPC, etc. Not uh-huh. thinking for a minute that I'd be going on to set up my own clinic. So it was Parkinson's that I was working in at the time. I was the physiotherapist for Parkinson's for South West Wales. So I was looking at starting some Pilates with them for the rehabilitation. And they used to come for a 12-week um, like rehabilitation course to start introducing other forms of, of exercise and rehabilitation. So that was my initial goal, was to start with the Pilates so I could introduce it to Parkinson's. 
But as fate had it, the, the very next day, the course was the Saturday, Sunday. On the Monday, we heard we were going to be moving to my husband's work four weeks later. Okay. So <laughs> I got a very, very short introduction to Parkinson's yeah. with the Pilates. But, and I was obviously in quite a good position for looking at then, you know, the, using the Pilates as a, you know, a, what's the word I'm looking for, a, a career. I, I think, yeah. As well. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Wow, how things have changed. That, well, that's good. We like these stories. <laughs> these stories are great. Um, all right, so you, you touched on it uh, a, a little bit there, Joe. but can I take you then sort of, obviously I, I wasn't aware of the background you've just mentioned with yourself having a stroke at, at that early an age. Um, so I guess through that and through your experience with Pilates is maybe, I guess, what made you link them together. But when you did that, that first course with us and then looking at the way that you work, what was it about the, the approach and Pilates that made you think, okay, I can use this quite successfully within my neuro practice? I think on that work one, it was very different to gym-based Pilates and how we broke it down into all the different segments. So you know how we, for example, with, you know, scissors you've got the five different levels and you're yeah. able to break it down into the different segments and learn how to to modify the different exercises for your your different clients and um, so i was able to apply it quite quite easily to a lot of my neurological clients even those that are they were very disabled if they had some understanding you know hip twist level one was was one i used loads just for activating the core and getting the control okay. and the supporting leg as well as the selective movement of the um, their other leg, etc. And I think the very, the very next week I was starting to use it with my Parkinson's clients as well. Okay, gosh, interesting. Because, um, I mean, look, the, the, the essence of our method comes from the Car and Shepherd Motor Relearning Program, which is how, in Australia, where I went through uh, physio school, that was our approach to neurology, and that's sort of what we used as a basis for the, you know, taking the full exercise, breaking it into part practice, then rebuilding it back up. Um, can you just talk, uh, I guess, to the audience a little bit more about um, using Pilates in your, your neuro practice? Is it, do you need a lot more equipment around? Do you use resistance or not? Or like how much adaptation do you or don't you need for you to, to deliver the services? I would say the main equipment that I would need is a piece of band and a softball. Okay. Apart from that, we're more or less good to go. Okay. The band is obviously really good just for, you know, perhaps if they've got one, one side weaker than the other, just for giving that leg that little bit extra support, for giving it quite a lot of proprioceptive feedback, uh-huh. something to prep into. Um, and the ball, for example, if we're in, you know, the rest position, the ball between the knee can be absolutely fantastic just for maintaining the activity and core. Um, control while they're doing upper limb work as well. So I tend to use the ball quite a lot with my neural clients if the legs are staying still and the band quite a lot for feedback and for okay. support and okay. assistance. And do you find is there any um, difference or does it work uh, better or less for different parts of the sort of neuro clients you would see like a stroke client versus a Parkinson's client versus an MS client? Is there much variability in, in how successful it is or isn't within those groups? There's a bit of variability. 
difficulty. For example, if the if the stroke client has paralysis down one side, they would have a lot more difficulty physically holding on to the band to support their weaker leg. Um, so there's perhaps a little bit more hands-on with them. Um, similarly, it all depends on what, what the patient's presenting with. Yeah. I think MS can be very similar and they might have paralysis down where weakness down one side. Okay, so one thing... Um... I'm interested in when we're talking about using Pilates for the various elements within sort of neurological physiotherapy is, is there much difference in the way you approach or the equipment you use or how you break it down if you're, say, looking at a, a stroke client versus a Parkinson's versus an MS client? Is it sort of more suited to one or the other? Or, or how would you sort of compare those, the, the use of Pilates with the, those groups? Yeah, I would say I use Pilates for the majority my neurological clients and it's very much a case of treating their presentation rather than treating their condition okay yeah. so when somebody with a stroke might have paralysis down one side and therefore might struggle to hold a piece of band with both hands to support a leg somebody with ms might have very similar problems or they might just have weakness of a leg so they'll use both arms so it's very much just analyzing the presentation of each individual and then modifying the Pilates as required for them. Um, that said, though, with Parkinson's, typically we get a lot more rigidity, as in you know, mm. stiffness, yeah. difficulty with rotation, yeah. etc. So I would tend to bring in a lot more rotational exercises for Parkinson's and a lot more work on extension because they start to come into a flex posture. So again, though, it's still treating the presentation as to what they are, you know, the, where their weaknesses are. Um, where we go on with the Pilates. So Parkinson's, a lot of extension, a lot of rotation. Um, and then a lot of the, I've got a lot of neurological clients come into our standard mat-based classes. Oh, really? And we'll just make, oh, yeah, 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 loads. As long as, as, long as they're able to get, well, prior to lockdown, <laughs> as long as they were able to get on and off the floor independently and they had sufficient balance and we could provide a chair or a windowsill or something to assist with that, so sufficient balance for standing for 10 to 15 minutes then we would let them come into our standard mat-based classes and a lot of them really enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, now that we're online, I have got one with Parkinson's who has deteriorated over the past year, but he still attends every week but just does the exercises on his bed because he can't get on and off the floor. Okay, okay. You know, so Gosh, that's, a, yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting question. I It's only just popped into my head now. Have you seen, like, given that we've just spent this last year or a bit more delivering online classes how how has that impacted on the neurological clients is is there much of an issue there or not or is it the same as sort of all of us in that okay we're doing the best we can it's not the same as being in, in studio but you do what you can or has there been any significant barriers there i think a lot of it has been doing as we can i've been really impressed that some of my in my, my neuro class I've got one or two there that are in their 80s. They've never used the internet before. And now all of a sudden they're, they're Zooming three or four times a week. Oh. Absolutely loving it. <laughs> um, lots, of, lots of modification for equipment. Yeah. So, you know, like your pair of tights instead of your, your TheraBand. And okay. your, um, you know, your um, couple of grapefruits instead of weighted balls. You know? okay. So it's been looking for, for modifications. But because it's been going on for so long now, a lot have purchased, you know, pro- proper Pilates equipment for, yeah. for using at home as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, a lot of it is, is been quite good. We obviously can't get the hands-on. I mean, you yeah. know, we're very, very hands-on. Yeah, for, um, of course, yeah. You know, for, for, um, 
facilitating movement and correcting movement, etc. But it's been a lot more verbal. And I would definitely say over the past year, our, our verbal, verbal correction skills have improved. You know, they, they've yeah. become more dramatically in the past year. It's been Gosh, amazing. they've had to, haven't they? They sure have. Yeah. Um, all right, well, look, um, one of the things that, um, or, or one of the main reasons I wanted to bring you on the podcast um, this month was also to talk about the specific class that you did for the MS Trust. Um, and this you know, project, we spoke about the project a long time ago when you were first starting out, and um, it's now been nominated for an award, which is fantastic news. So why don't you tell us, first of all, about sort of how that came about and what the sort of class entailed and how that, that process worked? So the class came about was about five or six years ago now that the, um, the chairperson of the local MS Society um, approached me to ask if we could start Pilates classes for her members. They had previously had um, a Pilates instructor for classes but what they were finding is that the classes were just growing bigger and bigger and bigger and a lot of the more disabled clients were feeling quite isolated so they, so they had come out of these classes and were asking if we could set up a class that would accommodate for, for all of their members. So we did start up the Pilates classes for them. Initially it was Pilates and sitting, which was fantastic, but we realised quite quickly that although it was accommodating for everybody, it was not addressing balance, it wasn't addressing leg strength that much, it wasn't addressing their, their walking, you know, gait technique, mobility, etc. too, that we can obviously incorporate into the Pilates because we're always working towards the functional goals as well. So what we decided to do was change it into a circuits class Okay. So they had the warm up and the cool down in sitting, and then there was ten different circuits where there was options in sitting, or for some of them in standing as well. But because everybody was doing different exercises at the same time, nobody felt left out if they were in sitting. Okay. Half of the yeah. Class were still in sitting as well, and it meant that we could then do some work in standing and challenge balance and you know the, the postural control a lot more um, for those that were a little bit more able as well. Okay. So that went that went really well. For safety, we made sure that there was going to be a minimum of two. Um, well, it was myself and a, a volunteer um, for the class, and that opened up another opportunity again. That we ended up having quite a lot of work experience students coming to us. Oh wow! Warm colleges as well for the work experience, so they could get proper hands-on experience yeah. with um, a friendly group of MS clients. Yeah, great. <laughs> So it was the class. Nice. The class seemed to go really, really well, and the feedback was was fantastic. Um, and then it was in two thousand and seventeen that the local Rotary Club they made a donation to the clinic specifically for the MS class. So I had a word with the members, and what they said, what they would like is to be reassessed. So we decided that we'd reassess them all um, to see where they were now compared with their initial assessment, and. The results were quite different to what we were expecting because, of course, everybody who was coming, it wasn't just MS, we had a few with Parkinson's as well. But because they are progressive conditions, everybody was expected to be about the same or a little bit worse, but the majority had actually improved. Oh, wow. So because it improved, I thought, well, I'll have to tell people about yeah. it. So I put it all onto a poster presentation. Okay. And I took a poster presentation to the ACPIN conference and to the MS Trust Conference in 2018. Yeah, and just, so just for you, just so everyone is, is 
uh, on board ACPIN. Uh, can you Sorry, explain what yeah, that, that is for us? Of course, yeah. So ACPIN is the um, special interest group in neurology for physiotherapists. Okay, great. And, yeah. So for those of you yeah, that... I'm probably uh, not going to order the words quite right there, yeah. but it's... Um, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Association of Chartered Physiotherapists in Neurology. Is that right? That's right, yes. All right, there yes. you go. Um, special so, interest group for neurology and yeah. physiotherapy. Yeah. yeah. Um, so for those of you that are that are listening that don't come from the the physio background within our governing body, we have different special interest groups for different sort of areas within the industry, and ACPIN is the the neurology group. Um, and and uh, I hope I haven't made you lose your train of thought. Um, but also, just one thing, I just picked up you were saying earlier. So when you did your reassessment, uh, am I right in saying that you? We're expecting them to deteriorate because the conditions are progressive conditions, i.e. they yes. they gradually get worse just as a nature of the neurological condition. Um, but actually, rather than that, what you saw was Im- improvements in what you were assessing, even though the disease itself may well be progressing. Is that, yes. Is that right? Yes, that's right. Because um, the members that were coming to the class at that point have been coming from anything between three months and three years. Wow. So the ones that have been coming for longer periods, we obviously expected that they, you know, that there wouldn't be a huge change in the outcome. But we did find, for example, we used the, the Tinetti scale for um, mobility and um, balance. And at the, initial, at the initial assessments, we had five at high risk of falls and two at moderate risk of falls, one at low risk of falls. And then at the follow-up, we only had two at high risk of falls and we had five at low risk of falls. Wow. That's fantastic. So like quite, yeah, so it was quite a big change. Um, and I think the other thing that we find from our Pilates classes is because they're interacting with each other um, and bouncing out, you know, almost competing with each other as well. But then there was the social the social side too because they would always pop out for lunch after the Pilates class. Yeah, nice. You know, so the social interaction side of things um, was, was fantastic for them too. And there's yeah. a lot out there to show that social interaction can be just as important rehabilitation as well yeah absolutely okay so um you did that and then you you said you put those findings onto a poster presentation is that right that's right yes yeah Yeah. and where was that for was that for uh, the csp conference or where was that for no it went to the um acupin conference association of physiotherapists with an interest in neurology and the ms trust conference right yeah so they were both they were both in 2018 uh-huh. took it to these conferences and both we had to give a very a very a very short talk um just about about the, the research and it was at the ms conference that um some from from the ms trust came to ask if i would be interested in doing a pilates class that they could use for their members on their website okay okay and so this was like a, a pre-recorded class that they their members access or how did it work so what happened was the MS Trust, they had a few of their, their staff came to Retford mm-hmm. um, and my clients, I think I had about eight or nine of them that, that consented to be involved in the recording. Okay. So they came to the clinic, we taught class and that was all recorded uh-huh. and then I then spent time as well just explaining all the different exercises and then the MS Trust put that into a package if you like uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, onto, onto their website and they, they did it in such a way that you could have the warm-up and then you could pick and choose a few circuits to do and the cool down was there 
So it didn't have to be a full hour class. They could do it at like a 20-minute okay. session. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it was quite clever the way that the MS Trust put it together as well. Yeah. And I think it was quite nice because it really showed that it was, it was um, you know, people with, with MS and other neurological conditions actually physically doing the class. So it was, it was good for them motivating and encouraging others to, to try at home as well. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Um, great. And so um, now, uh, recently, you found that, uh, from what I understand, from our brief discussions leading up to this, you weren't even aware it was being put forward, but the, the class and the concept is now being put forward for an, for an award. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so I wasn't aware. I just found out a few weeks ago that the MS Trust had actually submitted the, um, the class, the resource, if you like, to the British Medical Association's Patient Lesion Group's Patient Information Award. Okay. So, I, as I say, it was um, the, the class was in 2019, and the 2020 awards, for obvious reasons, were suspended. Yeah. But it reached the long list. It's in the top the top 10 of over 260 submissions. Wow, that's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. You should be very proud of yourself, not just obviously for the award, but I guess the context around bringing this concept of Pilates to that patient population and seeing such a successful response, obviously within your practice, but then, um, you know, obviously for the wider sort of benefit of, of those within the MS Society there, I think that's fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, well, it's quite nice, I think, because it's something that I thoroughly enjoy doing. Yeah. To think that it's shared with others and others are benefiting exactly. from it as well. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's the thing that's awesome about things like this, isn't it? Because as, as clinicians, it's often... You know, we're doing our job with the person in front of us or with the small group in front of us. But here you've created something that's gone beyond that, beyond your clinic and is helping you know, many people that you've maybe never even met or may never ever meet. But they're still being you know, helped in such an important way by your work. Uh, it's a real, I think, you know, it's not something that a lot of us will get to uh, achieve or experience, you know, day in day out sometimes in our, in our lifetime that concept of creating something that's bigger than just the individual day-to-day work Thank you. i think the ms trust have said that it's been valuable over lockdown as well of course it because must although have been. it was done when we had no idea of this you know happening over the past year yeah. it's just been a resource at home that yeah. people with ms have been able to access for free um, yeah. from the website great Great. Um, well, look, um, I think the other thing, we get a lot of people asking us um, about the Pilates Manuro course that, that we offer. You were instrumental in progressing that and, and pushing it on. We had some people develop it initially and then you took it over and now uh, Kate's taking it over as well. Um, could you tell us a little bit, sort of a, a summary about the sort of the neuro course and the concepts behind the neuro course that people could take away with them if they were to come on the the APPI course. See what I can remember now. <laughs> <a half> ago. <laughs> so the APPI neuro course I got involved in back in two thousand and thirteen because I I love Pilates, I love neuro, and I love teaching. Yeah, and I, it was it was an amazing experience. Um, and been able to teach so many other APPI students as well how they can start applying Pilates to their neuro population, whether it be the odd neurological client that was coming to their standard map-based classes, or if it would be 
through to you know your one-to-one clients in a hospital environment or setting up neuro-specific classes for part of the NHS or in private practice. So it really covered quite a large area of how you could potentially use the um, neuro-pilates um, in your career as well. We also looked a little bit at the theory behind mm-hmm. how Pilates and neurology are interlinked with the, you know, the, the learning um, and the skills that come with it. Um, there was a lot of practical, so a lot of practical with how you can physically get your hands on, how you can facilitate different specific movements for your different client groups, um, ways to modify Pilates yeah. exercises depending on the presentation for example if they present with high tone or with low tone um, I'm thinking I know we had case studies where we discussed specific clients and I always quite yeah. liked asking for examples from the from students yeah. so that it could seem very very real um, yeah. and then obviously about setting up neuropalatis classes and different things to consider um, in the neuro population yeah, yeah. I think especially with your disabilities, there are a few more things to consider than there are for your standard, standard map-based classes as well. Yeah, of course, of course. I think that's, uh, I think that's the interesting thing, isn't it? Because um, for a lot of us, we might uh, look at someone with a neurological condition coming into our Pilates class and sort of almost have a bit of anxiety around not wanting to do the wrong thing. But what I'm learning from you tonight as well is um, actually you're not looking at it more from this person has MS or a stroke or whatever so much, but looking at this person in terms of what are their movement capabilities and how do you need to facilitate that, which is the essence of what Pilates is about, isn't it? Um, But then on the the course, obviously, you you know, having... um, seen the course, listened to the course quite a lot through the walls there at the, the chapel. Um, there is, a, it's a lot about facilitation and modifications, adaptations, and how you sort of use your existing knowledge and transfer that over to making it as successful as you can for, for a client with any sort of neurological condition. Absolutely, yeah. And I think it's quite good with the course as well because it starts to other little things with neurological conditions to be aware of as well, you know, for, for example, with MS, then fatigue might be a major issue, oh, and course, how to yeah. then complement that within your therapy as well, and with the yeah. classes, you know, yeah. so it, it could be something from as simple as um, making sure they do like five reps and then have a rest before you move on to the next exercise, so that they are pacing themselves too. Um, yeah. yeah, excellent. And I always found that... Um, to encourage, because obviously not all the participants in a neuropilates course are neurospecialist physiotherapists. Yeah. Some, some of the courses that I taught, maybe 20% were neurospecialist physios. So yeah. it was always trying to make sure that they could build up a bit of a rapport to the, like the, the neurospecialists locally as well, so that they could bounce ideas off somebody who's a lot more specialist in that field. Yeah, um, absolutely. Oh, fantastic. Um, so uh, why don't we... Uh, use this chance just to, or, or this, this time, we'll, we'll sort of wrap it up here, but just, um, do you want to uh, give your clinic a little bit of a, a, a plug here, what your website is, um, people, you know, will be interested, there'll be people searching your name after they've heard you talk here, this amazing lady with all this experience in neurology and this award for the MS, so what, uh, what is the 
uh, clinic's website? So the website is physiopilatesredford.co.uk. Physio, physiopilatesredford, R-E-T, right? R-E-T, F-O-R-D. Yep. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, we, do, we do plan to continue because some of our clients have actually really liked online Pilates. Okay. And we've had some, you know, although we're based in Retford, we've had some from Scotland and some from Wales and different parts yeah. of England come in and join the classes as well because they can now that they're online. Yeah. And so we definitely plan to continue with a, you know, an, an online element for, for some of our classes. Oh, fantastic. Very good. Well, look, Joe, um, I won't keep you for too much longer this evening. I would like to say a huge thank you for sharing your knowledge with us uh, on this podcast and, and obviously everything you've done for us at the Institute over many years. Um, <clears throat> Neuropilates is, is something we get asked a lot about uh, at the Institute and it is something that having somebody um, like yourself with such vast experience in it and being able to share your, your knowledge and your stories like you have this evening will be helping a lot of people out there. And I know a lot of people listening to this will now be thinking, you know, maybe I can do a little bit more for, for that patient population or client population than, than we thought of uh, before we heard you, you, you talk this evening. Um, so look, on behalf of Pilates 101 and Pilates here at APPI um, and the wider Pilates community, I'd like to say thank you very much for joining us. Um, it's a, a pleasure to speak to somebody of your caliber, that's for sure. And good luck with the award. We hope it, uh, it, it, it goes on and, and wins or gets acknowledged in whatever way it, it should be. Thank you very much, Glenn. All right. Take care, Joe. Bye for now. Thank you. Bye, just now. Bye. Welcome back. And that is a wrap for this month. I hope you enjoyed that chat with Joe. I certainly found it really interesting and fascinating to understand that concept of the fact that you're not actually treating the neurological condition, you're treating the person in front of you, which is just that, I guess, again, yet again, that is what we do as movement professionals, isn't it? Well, look, all that's left for me to say, guys, is here's to a great month ahead for all of you, we hope. May 17th, Big day, we hope, for us here in the UK where we can get our Pilates classes going forth again. I wish you all the very, very best. And remember, guys, it's Members Month. If you're a member with us, jump on and make the most of those. If you're not a member yet, join up with the membership program at apphealthgroup.com. But from myself, from Elisa, and all the team here at APPI, wishing you a great month ahead. Bye for now.